Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? I'm good man, I'm good. I'm ready He's for good. this movie. You ready to talk about Hellfest? Oh shit, are we talking about Hellfest? Yeah. Ah, oh, it's okay, I've seen it. I've Have seen you seen it? it? Good, yeah. Sure. We, we, sure. we both checked it out on, I believe it was the opening day or opening weekend. Um to a I mean, it felt, it cinema. felt like opening weekend. I mean, Hell yeah. the place was rammed. Yeah, there was Hellfest fever, to say the least. Um, I believe I can't remember when this one came out in America. I think it was around September time. Um, Sounds right. And it just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I remember us talking about it when it first got announced. Like, oh, this seems cool. And then it just came mm. and went, and we never got to see it. And then sort of checking the releases at our local cinema, and it was just randomly there. I was like, okay, I guess they're putting this movie out finally in this country. Um, so, yeah, we'll finally, in, uh, finally get September. to talk about it. Oh, was it end of September, was it? Okay. Um, so, yeah, we finally get to talk about Hellfest this week. Uh, but first, you usually start with the news, and there really isn't that much this week. Um, I pretty much only got one news story. But, and to be honest, it's the only thing worth talking about, really. Um, a little trailer dropped for a movie called Leprechaun Returns. Um, of course, very Sweet. exciting for both of us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this this trailer, man, it's, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's not exciting for both of us, is it? Let's be honest, it's exciting <laughs> for just you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll have a good time. Like th- when I watched this trailer, I was like, I'll have "Okay, time. yeah." I was like, "This confirms it's not going to be a good movie, but I hope I, I, it looks like it's going to be a good time." Um, it's okay. very much they're playing it tongue in cheek. It's it's really interesting that it is very much a direct sequel to the original as well. Um, yeah, which is bizarre. It's almost worryingly so because there was a lot of different characters mentioned in different locations where I was kind of like, I feel like I would get more out of this if I had just watched Leprechaun. Um, but I don't mm. know if that's going to happen prior to watching this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 100% yeah. not going to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool and it's out really soon. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, that was that's pretty much it for the news this week. Um, I, I guess we can talk about Smashed kind of it. Like, upcoming movies just quickly because again we've got sort of a lot on the on the backlog um definitely the one that i want to check out the most is cam uh that just came out on netflix um i've seen it on there and i'm like oh i really want to watch this so uh, i think that's probably going to be our next one um and definitely some other on-demand stuff as well like like we said a few weeks ago death house is out there in the ether i mean i'm i'm i mean i need to absorb this movie like as soon yeah, as possible definitely you i need don't to believe it's out. a real thing no i don't know either um girl in the spiders web of course gets a cinema release uh, i think it's this week in the uk as well um so we definitely yeah. want to check that out but yes yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of different stuff. and that's the other thing as well suspiria <laughs> um which we discussed <laughs> last week god i don't know what's happening with that movie i'd like to know what you guys about whether or not it's showing in your local area because it was showing yeah, on like our... anyone in the uk can see this <laughs> yeah like it's it's on like the website so like we go to odeon and um it's on odeon's website but it's just they're only showing it in like i think london and manchester and that's it um so it's a very limited release for this movie, which is weird when you think about some of these really... I mean, we just saw Hellfest. Yeah, we just, we just watched Hellfest. Like. Yeah, and it's like, Suspiria <laughs> is a big release. It's a well-known actor's director. You know, it's a remake. Um, I'm ah, really surprised. but is Tony Todd in it? He might be, because he's in every film, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this was a weird one. But I, I, I'd remembered here and ages ago that this was like an Amazon Studios production. So I don't know if maybe the case is, you know, it's supposed to be a limited release and then... You know, they're just going to chuck it on Prime or something. I was going to say, is this is is it even is it actually on Amazon Prime right now? I don't think it is, but yeah, I would much rather (laughs) see it that way. I think, Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what I'd I'd much rather not have it available for us to watch for as long as possible. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, we already talked about it. The the odds are that we're probably not going to see this movie just because of the fact of all those movies I just listed, like. I'd much rather yeah. see Cam, Death House, Searching, Girl in the Spider's Web. Like, there's so much that's out or just come out that we're actually really interested in. Um, had this come out in like a really quiet week in like I don't know June or something, then we probably would have checked it out. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all. Before we start, should we talk about this week's movie? Let's do it. Let's talk about Hellfest. So Hellfest has finally arrived. Hellfest. 
Hell yeah. Uh, do you want to give us, I mean, I'll usually start with a plot synopsis. I, I guess we could talk about, we sometimes talk about like our impressions going in and stuff like that, but I guess we didn't really have many, did we? No, it's just like, it sounded cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of kicked off the whole chat on the podcast uh, a few months back when we'd, we'd said, you know, oh yeah, we really like this as a concept and it's certainly been done before. Mm. Um, this whole, you know, horror experience, theme park slash know halloween experience where you go there and, and you try and get scared and then oh what happens if there was actually killers there um and then it's a concept that i dig like yeah. i really like it as an idea for like a fun little slasher movie definitely and we saw like slight variations on it and i believe that's when we first got introduced to hell house llc um mm. of course from uh cat who recommended it and we absolutely love those movies um yeah and this the, I, i'll be having conversations about um funhouse massacre which is a similar mm. very very similar to this as well yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of a, the basic setup to the movie. But do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Yeah, I mean, this is um, it is a weird one because I was pretty excited about it by the time we went to see it. It kind yeah. of felt like it was a really retro-inspired kind of, you know, B-movie that was around kind of this interesting idea. Um, it's basically a group of six friends. Um that have all kind of met up kind of, you know, varying degrees of friendship, but this group of six have all kind of got together to go to Hellfest, which is, you know, basically one of these Halloween attractions where, um, you know, it's just a, this, this is kind of like a full on amusement park where there are like multiple rides and things to do and parties and everything, but all around, you know, Halloween and basically trying to scare the living shit out of you. Um, and we find out in the opening scene that a masked serial killer is basically there kind of terrorizing and, and hunting people. And uh, pretty early on, he takes a liking to our group of six. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that's basically the movie in a nutshell, really. It's not much of a difficult kind of, it's not a very difficult movie to synopsize. Uh, you know, that, that is it for the full running time of the movie, which I think is kind of exactly what you want it to be. Mm. Um it's just, you know, d- does it actually deliver on the premise of, you know, fun horror haunting for for the runtime? Mm. Um, and yeah, do you want to get yeah. stuck into this movie? Yeah, this this movie's a weird one because, like I said, I think we were both like not expecting anything spectacular, but it was it was a basic enough concept that we were like, oh, they they could pretty much easily deliver what I want from this movie. Mm. I, uh, I basically wanted, you know, we, we've talked a lot recently about a lot of the old Arrow movies that we've watched that are, most of them at their core are cheesy as hell, but they just have like a certain charm and enjoyment factor. Mm. And, and that's what I wanted from this movie. I just wanted like a really fun ride. Mm. Um, and like... Um, I guess kind of unpacking some of my thoughts on it. I think like the the first part of it, when we first get to, when we were first introduced to the characters, I didn't really enjoy, you know, any of that. I didn't really care about their relationships. I wasn't, I wasn't here to have an emotional journey with any of our characters. Um, I could have pretty much just done with them arriving at the Hellfest instantly um, and just being like, oh, okay, those two couples are necking on each other and these two are awkward. Okay, they're not together. Those four are job done um but once they were at hellfest um i enjoyed like those first scenes and it really reminded me of events that we've been to and that sort of thing where kind of people are walking around kind of messing with you and it just felt like a more extreme version of that and um i was quite into it and kind of up until we really get the first um scene of kind of our serial killer and um our kind of group of six and kind of like him straight up kind of going after someone and they're not sure whether it's part of the event or not um i was pretty into it until that point but after that our killer basically just takes a liking to the group of six and kind of just stalks them for the rest of the movie in kind of a lot of really uninteresting ways i feel kind of a lot of scenes that don't really feel overly suspenseful and ultimately is just him kind of teasing them and that kind of happens for most of the running time of the movie i really thought it was going to be him killing a lot of people with our characters slowly becoming aware um but it was really him just stalking our group of of six for for, like i say for for a large part of the runtime and that left me ultimately quite disappointed and by the end of the movie i was pretty zoned out and bored um and it it really didn't kind of redeem itself by the end so like it's a shame because it was really kind of quite enjoyable up until like i say the the kind of 
almost midway point, I guess. And then, yeah, for me, it took, took a nosedive and just didn't didn't come back. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that like pacing is such a massive issue with this movie because, like you say, as soon as the killer, um, I mean, to, to strip it all back to right at the start of the movie, the start of the movie is like the opening kill where it's not oh, anything yeah, to do yeah. with our sort of group of six. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's from like a different place and everything. And it, it didn't fill me with confidence surrounding the rest of the movie because I just didn't think it was that interesting of a scene. Um, and it was really tame as well. Um, and it's yeah. something that I want to get into in regarding the kind of the, the gore and the kills in this movie and kind of it, with it being an 18 certificate. Um, oh, there's one scene that got that certification. 100%. And it, you know? Yeah. And, like, and it was a good scene, but, but it's really, this could have been like a borderline 12. Yeah, I mean, we may as well get into it now, but like, it's really, it's really weird. Like, it's a really, it's, it's a perfect example of really shoddy filmmaking where mm. they're not thinking about these sort of things. Because, like, you say, if you put an 18 certificate on a movie, you're cutting away a huge amount of your audience that could potentially see this movie. Um, especially with what this movie is. Like, it's about these young characters going to this event and trying to, you know, scare each other. And there's a killer. That, that, to me, this is very much mm. in that, like, teen audience. That's who would actually enjoy this very, type of movie. It's very Happy Death Day almost because the, in terms of like, the the cast and the age as well because they're they're playing teens but they're all they all look young as well you know mm. like it's not your stereotypical kind of some of the 90s movies where you got 30 year olds playing teenagers like they all looked relatively young i'm sure that like if i actually look at their imdbs they're gonna be like 30 or whatever but they they all looked reasonably young in this i thought and kind of yeah it leaned itself towards a younger audience i felt and it felt weird that it was an 18 yeah so that so that aspect just to me shows that they're kind of they're not really in control of what they're trying to make because i think that's a really key part of when you're making any movie you hear about it all the time with the conversations around surrounding like you know r-rated superhero movies and all mm. this stuff like it's mm. very much an important factor these days surrounding what certificate your movie gets so going into this seeing it had an 18 that raises expectations to a certain level yeah where i was like oh even if this is, does have its dull moments i know that it's going to be like really in my face with these really gory moments at times mm. and like you say there is literally only one scene that actually has anything surrounding any sort of gore in this entire movie um and it's a really cool scene as we can get into but like especially early on the first two kills the first kill which is the opening scene of the movie and then the first kill which is like actually at the park with our group of characters mm. are both so goddamn tame especially the second one like he, he, he just kind of stabs her and you don't see a knife go in there's like a little blood on a jumper it's it's so yeah. tame and i was like like I say mean, this could easily be a 12 one, or 15 that one i i will say makes a tad bit of sense in terms of what they're trying to do with the filmmaking because yeah, they're not trying to show point. it off that yeah point. at that at that point uh a group of six are unaware that he is a killer so like mm. if he straight up decapitated someone or something like but but certainly kind of i completely agree though that, that you know the the first kill you know very tame and, and there's really the one moment and the thing is as well going into this movie where like the synopsis is like a serial killer is going batshit crazy in a in a you know haunted house funhouse theme park attraction i'm like well the one thing i'm guaranteed is a kill count like mm a big kill count with a lot of hopefully over the top gory deaths, you know, and it really does not have a kill count. You know, you think, um, you know, we, you know, we talk about like, you know, watching Halloween this year and like Halloween wasn't, isn't about the kill count. And Michael Myers, you know, the kill count was like five times more than in this movie. Mm. You know, this one should just be a dumb, you know, see how many he can kill and how many, you know, heads he can chop off. And especially when it kind of seemed like he was, the opening kill, albeit tame, kind of seemed like he was killing people and then hiding them as part of the attraction, mm. which I thought was like kind of a cool idea. And like you, you might get to the point of kind of like um, almost like Reaper's kind of workshop at the like Hills of Ice too, you know, like where where they're wandering around just like this giant like macabre scene of death, mm. but they're not sure whether it's like real or not. And I was kind of like thought there might be something like that going on, but they they really don't play with that at all. Like they, there's no use of corpses in the rest of the movie like hidden within the park or at least i can't remember there was like like so it obviously didn't have an impact yeah it's just it's so weird like it's proper weird that like kind of like you say what they would be going for what they could easily deliver is just this fun zany 90 minute movie where you just have like a shit ton of these really gory kills and Mm. the movie doesn't deliver that in the slightest like you say there's there's huge um amounts of time in this movie where it's just him watching them they're just going around the park normally yeah i'm just gonna steal your pictures exactly so it's all really like oh i'm just nine stuff that's just not interesting 
Preston. Cubicle when you when you're in there, you know. So if they're not going to give us, if, you know, if they're not going to deliver on the kills and the gore, mm. they would have to deliver on like either an interesting plot or an interesting characters. And obviously, the movie completely falls apart with all of that stuff. Um, yeah. the, the plot is irrelevant. It doesn't have a plot. Like it's just six characters thrown together on, on and they go to Hellfest and, and they start getting stalked and kind of mm. what they try and do with a bit of plot and especially towards the end and the ending, which we'll get to, is like so laughably bad. That yeah. You would you just say to yourself, well, why didn't you just stick to it? It was just a dude killing people because as soon as you try and like be clever, you just embarrass yourselves. And and the other thing as well, which is worth noting, and it was my biggest um, problem with this movie by far, the characters are like so annoying, like so yeah. so annoying, like they're atrociously annoying. They're the most annoying characters we've seen in the movie this year by far to me. It's um, the way they were talking to each they other. They really are. Like the way they're interacting with. To me, this was like this is clearly an old probably white guy who's writing this who thinks this is how teenagers talk to each other mm. and he couldn't be so further from the truth because he's just made him the biggest scumbags on the planet there was and, like, there was the scene when they first the the two kind of is it um brooke and natalie maybe were God talking knows. to each other and um it's kind of um or i don't know anyway our lead who she, mm. he's come back from like a time away yeah and they kept, like saying throughout the course of the movie she's like oh yeah sorry i've been away and i've been mm. distant i've been going through from some stuff and we never got any reveal on that not not <laughs> that i wanted it but mm. don't tell me it half a dozen times and then give me nothing um yeah but yeah when they're first talking to each other and their their conversations it just felt like you say so ungenuine and just weird and kind of yeah none none of the characters were likable at all i felt like our lead was just very awkward and kind of i don't really know what 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 she was and kind of all the other ones were just playing these terrible stereotypes and not in a you know when we like we, we have to mention because this movie is not trying to be a masterpiece but it needs to have charm. And we talk about a lot of kind of the older movies. And like I say, we've talked about the arrow ones a lot recently and all of those characters, albeit can be really cheesy. And like, even when we watched troll recently, like that movie has dubbed like the best worst movie of all time, because it's just got some sort of charm to it where the characters are kind of endearing because they're so bad, but these characters just annoying and suck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's a difference. And um, yeah, I can't say I enjoyed any, any of our main six. It's um, really crazy because if, if you make characters that are so annoying, so dislikable, yeah, clearly yeah. as yeah, like <laughs> as an audience member, I'm like, okay, this kind of seems intentional. Like I feel like yeah. even the main girl who is supposed to be, you know, the likable character is not likable at all. She's like no. slightly more likable than the other two girls who are so irritating. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, at least I know what you're going for. Like I'll I'll feel satisfied when they get butchered in these ways. Like it's mm. a weird almost power fantasy that you're kind of evoking in the viewer that yeah. I was expecting they were going for. But then, like you say, the kill count is so low. Multiple characters do survive. Um, mm. and, and the ones that do get off, there's only one that gets off in an interesting way. And he's actually one of the, like, he's he's one of the smaller characters in terms of, like, dialogue on the screen. So I didn't mm. even have a chance to hate him as much as I hated other characters who didn't get their comeuppance. Um, so it just, it resulted in a really weird experience where I was watching these characters that I didn't like, that I didn't want to root for. I wanted to see more of yeah, the killer. Not seeing him die. <laughs> we didn't get to see the killer be badass enough it was just him watching these annoying characters be annoying and i was like why am i watching this because <laughs> the frustration was is that i thought the killer looked pretty cool like yeah. for what he needed to be look looked the part i like the wonky face um yeah. the cool the actual Hellfest itself i really liked the look of oh, it's I fantastic that design was fantastic of it mm. and I loved a lot of the attractions, kind of when they go into attractions. I like the world of all like the people that are just like trying to freak you out and scare you the whole time. Like, you know, there was the people with chainsaws and stuff like that. Like we've been to these attractions, well, like small versions in the UK and like they, they are very much like that. Like this just seems like a bigger scale of it. So I thought they really nailed that part. Yeah. 100%. To me, it's almost the harder part because that's mm. that's like given a sense of scale and budget and creativity and then you've just got to kill some people do you know what i mean mm. like you just need that killer going around killing people like it's really worth noting because they did nail that so so well that was one yeah. of my only positive was like if this place existed we would be the first people sign up to go oh, yeah. to it like yeah. it was so cool and, and definitely I mean, what you just said then what you said just then was what really stood out to me was that it didn't feel small it, it mm. really felt like 
They don't reuse any areas. They're no. going from place to place to place. There's different people in different markets. I feel like they straight up built Hellfest. Like, yeah, like, it, feels, like, it, it feels like a attraction. huge place. Like we're not mm. overselling it. It felt like there was at least 25 to maybe 30 different locations and different kind of spots of horror that they used in this movie. And that was what really surprised me. Mm. I was expecting probably four, you know, where it's like, yeah, okay, now we're going into the maze area and they spend 20 minutes yeah, in there. Like we got a cool maze. Yeah, we got ghost trains. We yeah. got kind of, you know, like the mirrory stuff. We got loads of loads of cool different places. You know, just cool like scenes of like a, the like the classroom and, mm. and kind of just They're weird so scenes good. of like, and they all looked great. Yeah, but mm. then like nothing happened in them. It's just like, kind of like, could you imagine those sort of sets in like any of the like remotely decent slasher stuff we've seen in the last few yeah. years? You know, like yeah, exactly. because that is. You know, imagine this in, like, the Scream TV series, for example, you know, mm. which have, like, cool characters and, like, cool deaths and a cool killer, but, like, kind of, you know, the setting was fairly generic, you know. This would have mm. done so well with that. Um, well, I think but, like, the, the big one for me was, because uh, I think it's important we talk about it, is actually Funhouse Massacre that was recommended to us by Cap. Yeah. Because um, I watched that and thoroughly enjoyed it and would recommend it above this movie. Mm. Um because that had the charm. It had like these multiple killers that were cool going around actually killing people. And then it had these over the top, cheesy, terrible like characters, but were cheesy in an endearing way. There's a, there's a sheriff character in that movie. That's just like complete one liner, just an absolute idiot. The, the, the complete stereotypical, but in a funny way mm. and kind of, you know, similar to kind of, um, killer clowns, that sort of, you know, that sort of sheriff guy. And I'm nice. like, you know, really, you know, really just made me chuckle and enjoyed. And, and then the actual movie was kind of, you know, just a fun ride. But it did not have the level of set design that this movie's got, mm. you know, it, it, but it was far superior in every other way. And it's just like, it's a shame, really, that, you know, this movie kind of nailed the more difficult part and just could not get me the more simple things in my mind. Anyway, the more simple things, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's weird because on paper they they nail like you say a lot of the things that would be pr- perhaps harder to nail, and then the yeah. things that would especially with this sort of come easier. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's worth knowing that this was a fairly big release. It has actors that you've seen in it. Um, we we definitely have to mention as well the sort of the the big cameo that they build up to. Um, oh, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> it's so funny because um, you see his name on the credits, and and obviously I assume he was in the trailer, but obviously Tony Todd, um, who we've been referencing a lot lately. Um, um, is in this movie and you hear his voice throughout the park kind of yeah. from a lot of the movie and that was really cool i thought because i was like oh you know that's a very small thing that if you don't know or care who tony todd is yeah. you'd never notice that but if you are caring about that then it's a cool little nod and you kind of know like you're building towards him having it's this classic moment. robert england performance like at that yeah. point i'm like so- oh <laughs> he's gonna rock up in the end with a top hat on yeah, exactly but you you get it and it's it's so obvious that you know they've got him for one day of filming they just shove him on this on this set which which was i think probably one of the worst sets of the whole movie um mm. and, and and his dialogue was atrocious and it was clearly like let's just rush through this and i don't know tonally i don't think it fit with what the rest of the movie was going for no it, it felt like to me they told tony that this this entire park was evil and everyone was killing everyone and that's kind yeah. of the vibe i got from him <laughs> and that's not the case at all did you agree is that kind of how you felt like i mean i he, i don't even know if i can i mean <laughs> i don't even know if i can call what he did a performance let alone being able to unpack it to be honest with you I that's mean, how i felt the, the like, guy the guy got paid like, yeah, like he was supposed to be almost like the host you know of this like evil yeah. place but that's not what this place is the place is just yeah. normal what's that thing 2001 maniacs or whatever it was something like that yeah point, um mm. like where he is just like made of town crazy it it did really feel like that you are right um but in the world uh, in the canon and law of this world he's just a paid actor at hellfest yeah i mean i guess i mean i guess he sold it well i mean i guess he sold hellfest well that's true i mean i guess when you pay tony todd money to have him be your theme park park, you know you want him to sell it um do you think he was just thought it was like actually a theme park i think he genuinely thought it was a theme park yeah (laughs) like (laughs) he was there for a week doing that (laughs) yeah they had a great time with him i bet they did um yeah it's just, it's, just... it's just a shame like it's it's a movie that just doesn't really warrant like the conversation mm. and the kind of like thought process that we put into these things which is the biggest frustration really i think that kind of ultimately i i just don't think it's worth um time to to watch for, for pretty much anyone unless you're like a tony todd completionist and if you are then good luck <laughs> yeah 
because uh, you've got a lot of trash to watch. And this is probably some of the better of it. Like, that's the serious thing. Yeah. But for regular people out there, I don't bother, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not like this movie is aggressively bad or no. terrible. It's just, it's so run of the mill. It's really generic. It was dull in places. It had a really bad ending that we don't even need to talk about, but it was just shit. Um, it has such bad writing throughout and really annoying characters that, yeah, there's some cool moments. Like, the killer does do a couple of cool kills when he does do kills. Yeah, one in particular, um, which, which yeah. did actually make me squirm. Like, I have yeah. to say, like, it, it made me feel uncomfortable because I kind of thought thought they were going to cut away yeah um and they didn't and i thought wow and, and that was the reason why it got the 18 certificate was that one kill and it was 100%. very good and very effective yeah like you say i'm probably like ragging on this movie maybe more than it deserves nah, um, i don't think so yeah it's, it's just, just dull it's, it's aggressively yeah, think, average that's, that's the thing the, yeah i think that's the thing it's not bad it's just very average we have seen worse films this year i just they're, they're, a lot of them have got like interest in premises and that whereas this is a very generic premise that we've seen a lot of times and then it's just a very vanilla version of that yeah because if you're not going to reinvent it or do anything clever or yeah. try and have an interesting plot you need to do the fundamental basics really really yeah. well which is and exactly what i wanted i didn't yeah clever i just wanted health do you know mm. what i mean like... and it's like other than the setting that's the only thing they nailed like everything mm. else is way off board um so yeah i guess as far as recommendations go obviously this is out in the uk cinemas only at the minute how, how would mm. you recommend this movie thumbs down don't, yeah. don't bother. Definitely, definitely don't pay and go. Go, see go watch Funhouse Massacre. Like, is it was it on Netflix or Amazon Prime? It's on one or the other. Uh, I think it's Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Go, go watch Funhouse Massacre. It's way more fun. And Robert England greater than Tony Todd. I was going to say just go see Overlord. Like, it's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a... I mean, I guess, I guess that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> it's always an option, perhaps only for like another week, because I, I, unfortunately, that movie has just not got the love that it. Yeah. Okay. See, see Overlord while it's in the cinema, yes. then get, then get your horror theme park fix from Funhouse Massacre on demand. Yeah, for sure. Job done. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. That was. Bill it. Yeah, and you can watch Hell House as well because that's really good. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, that was our discussion of Hellfest uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back So, yeah, we do have a question this week. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at SHBpod uh, and send them in to answer. We'll answer them on the show. Uh, this week, Cody has sent us one. Um, he says, what's a horror movie sequel or sequels that you've been waiting for but haven't gotten yet? It's an well, interesting one, isn't it? It is an interesting one. We have a lot of sequels and remakes in the horror movie world. Yes. We got some a lot good, that we wanted. Bad. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot that I've wanted over the years. Once I've seen them, I might not have wanted them, mm. uh, but I've got them. Uh, and obviously, the hype train is building for the one movie that we willed into existence, the, the sequel <laughs> that we all wanted. Uh, yeah. You know, Free from Hell is just mere months away at this point. You know, mm. definitely going to be watching it Q1 of 2019. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He's> praying. <laughs> um yeah so we already got what we wanted man like mm -hmm. aside from that um the the thing that kind of popped into my head was uh i really want another final destination movie yeah like i was i think like we spoke about it when like the purge when we talked about the purge either tv show or the movies that that kind of feels a little bit like a replacement with the mm. final destination or maybe that's a conversation i've had in my own head so who, who knows at this point <laughs> um but you know it kind of feels like that has replaced it but i really dug all of those final destination movies and would be proper excited for for e either or you know a sequel or a remake it doesn't really matter i prefer just a sequel um but you know I, i'd be really down for that and hey could give tony todd another acting gig hey <laughs> <laughs> like two birds right there yeah he definitely needs that right now <laughs> um yeah i mean there's it's difficult like i said because we've got so many that we wanted and so many that have delivered so many that haven't um it's kind of i mean we saw a little trailer sequel that we're very excited for yeah like we we forgot to talk about it at the mm. um the start of hellfest yeah well we'll get to it after we answer this question but um because it was very exciting but um 
Yeah, like in, in recent years, like Hardcore Henry would be a dream because I just can't imagine them ever being crazy enough mm. to do another one. Um, if they just said, you know, Hardcore Henry 2, I'd be like, let's fucking do you reckon, go. Do you reckon the sequel would be called Negan is a, you know what? I, I Honestly, they could call it whatever the hell they want. <laughs> they could do whatever the hell they want. And as long as the director's back, like I'm sure it would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like long-term dreams for a while, like I would, it's been discussed for ages, but like I would just love a sequel to Cloverfield, like an actual sequel to Cloverfield. Um, there's been, you know, all these weird spin-offs and everything yeah. and the, the Cloververse, but like, no, actually legit Cloverfield 2 and it has to be in New York with the monster. I don't care what else you do. Yeah. Um, fan footage. Pick up, pick up where prequel. Cloverfield 1 picks off. Yeah, yeah like it doesn't matter if it's fan footage or not, but I want yeah. to know the continuation of that story. 100%. Like that that to me has always been a dream yeah. of whether or not that would actually happen. They you know they've said in 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 the in in wake of paradox and of course overlord not being a Cloverfield movie that like it's something they are actively working on. Um but again I I never kind of believe it until I see it. Um so yeah, they, they were kind of be the main ones. Then we both kind of said it, but like it's it's such an easy one. But Fede Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead needs to continue um, mm. because it's I mean, and, and the guy teasing it constantly, like he wants it to. He yeah, wants it. it's weird. Like I feel like he in the process of doing Girl in the Spider's Web, which is obviously hasn't come out in the UK yet, but hasn't it's it's done fairly poorly in other markets that it's already come out. Um, yeah. I I think he misses the horror community because he knows how loved he was in the horror community. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely see him either doing, like you say, an original or a sequel to one of his two movies. And obviously, by far, the project yeah, that we'd rather him do is Evil Dead 2 rather than Don't Breathe 2. Yeah, um, that's not to poo on Don't Breathe either. No, it's amazing. It doesn't need a sequel. Like, I don't no. really think that movie warrants more. Um, you know, it's perfect. Whereas the Evil Dead, we can we can get more of that, I think. Um, 100%. We, we need yeah. it, like, for sure. Yeah. It was a weird choice for him to do girl on the spider's web like when you see really the trailers weird. for it it just doesn't look like a film that, that anyone wants because it's like oh mm. this is a new movie but it's kind of a sequel but it's not so you can watch it but you know it'd be better if yeah. you have seen some others but you know okay for everyone and i'm like what like it's really weird because it's I, like, I completely... oh, based on the fourth book it's a standalone film yeah. it's a prequel but it's not got daniel craig in it and, and i'm just like whoa what are you talking about like yeah, what is like, I completely agree with you where a movie like this from it has so many question marks all surrounding it where you're like, mm. yeah, this audience doesn't exist. This movie was pretty much destined to do poorly. Yeah. Um, the other aspect of it, which I think is probably the only reason why it got made, is that I have no doubt in my mind that that movie is going to be really good. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because I'm you sure obviously have be an amazing you have an amazing director and you have you like one of the best <laughs> actors in the world right now. So like it's I'm sure the movie's fantastic. But like you say, who the hell is going to go and see this yeah. movie? Um, unless like you say, unless you're really switched on to Fede or you're a super fan of claire foy like i don't really know who else is gonna go see it's this basically movie. you like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know i can't wait it looks awesome um but uh yeah thanks for that question cody um yeah so kind of there's been a lot of tv that's finished lately um oh has there it's getting to that period now where everything's sort of coming to an end. Obviously, we talked about Purge. I guess we'll, we'll talk about American Horror Story ending next week. Um, but it's been way too long. Like, we have to finally talk about The Haunting of Hill House. Um, oh, I don't know if I'm ready, man. I don't know if I'm ready to unpack it. I just... Like, the thing is, I don't... Like, it's still I feel, too <laughs> I feel um, embarrassed of kind of how we've covered this for the show. Um, yeah. One of the only things, really, because I don't think we've given it the credit it really deserves. It's um, difficult with a television show because we've well we've when it comes all out at the same time as well yeah when it comes out at the same time so we don't have a weekly conversation and then mm. we don't dedicate an episode to it it's when do we have a conversation about it um mm. but especially because kind of um you know uh, mike flanagan has kind of been in a lot of our conversations like over, over the years of doing this podcast so it kind of seems like unfair that we haven't given it an episode but it's just yeah. been so busy hundred percent and and luckily you know we're, we're we've got our end of year stuff coming very soon and suffice to say i'll be very surprised if this doesn't uh get talked about there because obviously we've both seen it now you might get an honorable mention or two <laughs> yeah so we've both seen it um i think it's absolutely astoundingly good um kind of i think episode one starts really slow and and throws a lot at you um and you really have to decipher and be like oh okay i get it now it's like each episode for the first few anyway are going to be centered around one character you've got this two distinct time periods that's jumping back and forth with this uh va vast group of characters in this big family so i think with episode yeah, but one we've, in particular we've also got like two distinct time periods but mm. jump with jumping backwards and forwards during that time period so we have the past and 
current yeah sort of smashing together like maybe a week there's a week window for those two and we see that week out of order as well so you're constantly Mm -hmm. jumping we're like oh is that character had this happen to him yet in that timeline you know or like you know certain characters might not make it and it's kind of like but then they pop back in the current timeline because it's not happened just yet and things like that so it's it's a lot to kind of keep keep track of where you are currently with it definitely definitely so um, i feel like if anyone started it because i i was certainly having concerned after a, particularly episode one where i was like this is a lot to take in it was very difficult um i think by the end of two was when i really understood what he was going for and yeah kind of like okay this is definitely gonna be a slow burn because he has <clears> 10 hours you know of of television <clears> rather <throat> than like a two hour movie um and he's really using that time well and i feel <clears> like once you get into like like three four and five to me were like so exceptionally told stories um this this to me is like it perfectly reminds me of like the conjuring 2 and why i love that movie so much yeah was like haunting stuff doesn't interest me but like amazing characters in these an amazing story exactly because like haunting stuff can be great because it it really is in in the in the sort of the eye of the beholder and what someone thinks they're seeing not necessarily just bagul ghost you know Mm. it's like what you went through especially as a child as well which i think was so great about this is that if you go through these dramatic experiences as a child it could it can affect the rest of your life in so many different ways yeah well this does such a good job of it because quite often you'll either get it happening to the individuals as a child or them being an adult having already experienced it but we get like both ends of the tale so we can mm. see what fucked them up and also them fucked up because of it um yeah so like i, I think this show is outrageously good like yeah. it has no right to be as good as what it does and the output of mike flanagan is outrageous yeah. like the fact that he directed all of these episodes mm. and they're not short episodes either like multiple episodes come in over an hour so yeah. and i think the finale was that like not like an hour and 20 like that's oh, that's perhaps, pretty much yeah. a feature like it's it's outrageous that the quality was there throughout like there there are certainly kind of elements of you know um scenes that were more drawn out but i was not bored for any of it because the characters were so good and the conversations were so engaging that i i appreciated how how long things went on for you know kind of um is it the is it episode six is the crazy episode Yeah, like that episode is just is just a spectacle in itself that we could talk about for an entire podcast. Yeah. Like, I just think that this is one of the best standalone TV shows that like I've I've ever seen. Um, mm. One that I don't need any more of. Like, I thought it was perfect and mm. um, just so happy that it exists. And like, I love things like this that that I just hope can exist in a bubble. Like, I don't need um you know haunting of hill house season five like i, I you yeah. know th- this this is just perfection for me and like i just you know so, such a good job all around it's worth mentioning like like you said a minute ago about how the fact that mike flanagan does direct all 10 episodes mm. because with most tv shows especially i mean obviously american horror story is kind of just finished that's what's fresh on my mind but mm. it very much distinctly feels like you know here's the here's the the concept that we're laying out for this season we're going to bring in different writers for different episodes we're going to bring in different directors for different episodes so the quality is kind of like it's been a you know we'll, we'll obviously talk about that more next week but it's been a really yeah, good season but the, but, the, but the quality is definitely it definitely goes up and down to say the least and but you whereas... also get different tone like you mm. get you know you get different looks and everything else and that that is part of the charm of tv um... well, that's what works with something like black mirror so well yeah. because you oh, know, like, yeah. one is like a yeah. different movie whereas i i like it to feel more cohesive and that's exactly what you get with the haunting of hill house mm. because it feels like mike knows okay i've got 10 hours here right this is going to be what i lay down in, in episode two and it's not going to pay off until episode eight but if you're here for the ride it's going to be incredible um and, and that's what's so great about it it's amazing to see what is primarily you know a film director come on yeah. tv and really test himself and do different things like i would love to see this you know could you imagine if it was like oh yeah christopher nolan you know is going to direct tv but it's yeah, not I like know. we all you we would get would yeah, yeah, exactly we would we'd be lucky of a show, like, yeah you yeah. would never get some, one of these guys you know like an edgar wright to be like no no, no i'm going to commit to a whole season of television yeah. and tell the what story was that spielberg space show i can't remember what it was now where he directed the first episode of it was decent and like i watched it for a bit i can't yeah remember there's that. we've but, seen like, a few yeah, of those over the yeah, years and, like obviously like jj does that quite often yeah uh, fringe was it he directed the first episode of like once he did loads of those ones yeah down, and yeah he does a lot of that sort of thing whereas yeah just for someone to like you say be there for the whole ride um every every one of the actors like i can't fault any of them they were all exceptional yeah um 
to the point that like the my biggest frustration with it is because because the other side of things is that it's terrifying Mm. There, there are genuine moments that scared the shit out of me in multiple episodes, um, which is which is amazing for us and people that love horror. It was almost a little bit disappointing because I want to recommend this to like everyone, but I'm mm. like, this will scare the shit out of normal people because yeah. like there there are some genuinely scary moments in this, and moments where I kind of like finish an episode and I was like, oh Christ, I gotta go to sleep now. Yeah. Like, um, which is just to consistently nail that is amazing. Um, you know, I think the 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 uh, the end of episode one is where it first does that, and it really like I was like, oh my god, this this show is going to scare me! Like, wow, mm. like, and it, and it keeps delivering right up until episode ten. Yeah, um, like if if we not even compare this to television, but everything we've covered for the show this mm. year, like it's definitely one of the scariest things I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, it, it delivers not only in the jump scares, but in terms of like just it's so haunting and heartbreaking yeah. at times and really sad and emotional. Mm. Um, but then also has some of the best payoffs, some of the most uplift uplifting moments and emotional moments that we've seen in anything this year. And the fact that he can tie yeah. all of that together in a TV show, like you say, it's truly remarkable. Like I almost am like you say, I'm in awe of how good this is. Like, this, um, like I can't mm. wait to watch it again. And I think oh, I'll I start probably before the end of the year because I genuinely the revelations that kind of get revealed throughout the show are definitely in tune for a rewatch for sure this um the thing for me is this rival um quiet place for me with in terms of the emotional attachment i had to it yeah you know uh, not not to go any spoilers but you know like the the finale kind of scenes of quiet place had me like emotionally kind of just on the edge and Mm. the final 10 minutes of this show just just had me like enamored and i was so emotional with the payoff of it and just thought it was fantastic you know mm. it was it, it was really over the top you know it was just very subdued and felt right and just was really really well done and you only get that with with kind of like the the trio of kind of great writing great direction and great actors and this had all three and it, it really paid off in those final moments for me yeah, 100%. It is such an embarrassment of riches in a way, kind of how good <laughs> this cast really is. is. Because, <laughs> like, if you if you just pick any episode at random between 1 and 10, you pick any minute in any in any of those episodes and just Yeah, you're going to get a great gonna, performance. Yeah, 100%. And th- that's insane to say. But yeah. it's, it's genuinely, like, you get some of these character actors who are, I think it's in episode uh, 7, there's, there's this uh, character who's kind of in the house, and he tells his backstory about his wife. Mm. Um, and he's, like, he's so goddamn good. And he's in, like, one scene. Yeah, well, and, I was and just it's like, what crazy. are you doing, mate? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like this guy and, needs his own show. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah, and like almost, almost all of these I haven't seen in anything else. Yeah, like pretty much the the obviously there's the couple that that Mike has used that we've seen elsewhere. Um, hmm. But like, there aren't many that that you know of the of the main ones. Um, obviously, you know getting the high acting quality from x-files into this show as well <laughs> but but other than that do you know what i mean um because i as i was like thinking about talking about this i was like you know do i have some standout characters and performances that i want to like touch upon and it's mm. really difficult to stand to have any of them as a standout yeah um you know i really thought all of the 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 kind of the adult cast in particular Mm. Um, because I think it's with the adult cast that you get more of the emotional payoff and because you're seeing the strain of like the, 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 the child acting was, was amazing, but it, but yeah. it is very much them getting tormented and yeah, you, they you know, deliver most of the, the scares emotion. with the yeah. children, don't they? Yeah. It's, it does what it needs to do. But for me, the real payoff was with the actors and uh, the actors, the, the adults, um, when they were, you know, actually dealing with life post <laughs> the haunting and, and, mm. you know, um, you know, not getting over it and seeing their lives and everything. I, I loved every single one of them. Um, you know, I think, I think if I really had to, and I, I like, I, I really enjoyed Luke as kind of I was like the say, character. Yeah. I mm. thought every scene he was in, he really had me gripped. It was just that you could feel his kind of inner demons so strongly that yeah. I think he would be my favorite. Um, yeah, he's one for me where it's definitely worth calling out because his character mm. that he has to play um, is usually a, a character I don't like. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a character that is really hard to portray, and so ninety nine percent of films or TV just immediately become a stereotype um, mm. because he is a drug addled 
character um he's a he's a character who's going for addiction and he's currently in recovery and and that's something that's so hard to portray in a realistic emotional way um mm-hmm. because it's you you just fall into these like traps of like why would someone go to drugs and and what and why would they continue and all this and that whereas to me this was one of the most honest uh believable portrayals it was so fully dimensional and, and he was definitely one of the ones that hooked me into the show what i on. what i really liked is that there's a moment where it kind of seems like he's being a bit of a scumbag to his brother yeah and then we get that scene revisited later and Mm. the intent behind it and that he's not actually doing it for the reasons you think and so like they they, yeah they really make him um believable like you say as an addict but not this stereotype that makes them kind of less likable he was a really genuine character he was the one i was rooting for the most like when we got to the final episodes like i really wanted him to get redemption yeah for sure um but but I loved everyone. I loved the the sister dynamic. Um, mm. Nelly was like, amazing. Um, like she was so good. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nell Nell was so good. Like honestly, every every one of them just knocked it out of the park for me. Um, yeah. The show's insane. I, like if for some reason you haven't seen it, like stop what you're doing and watch the show. Yeah. Um, because it's absolutely incredible. It was insane. Like I mean, we joked about it. Kind of going in was how excited we both were for yeah. Apostle and Hill House, and the fact that Netflix put these two this film what and this show like what are you doing to yeah, the same day and ended up being two of the best things I've seen all this year. Um, yeah. They're just insane. Um, but yeah, this this show is so goddamn good. Like, I, I can't, like say, can't wait to watch it again. Um, I can guarantee that we'll be talking about it again at year end um, and probably in, in quite a few categories as well. Because like I say, it's it's so strong on so many fronts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just deliver as a TV show. Like, it delivers everything that you could possibly want in in modern day horror um and, and it just like you say it, it kind of cements we, we knew the talents of mike flanagan going into this um our best of lists speak for themselves yeah um you know he has a hundred percent ratio with us um but like this to me elevates him even further on but like now, now you know he's obviously doing doctor sleep next and and i just oh my God. cannot wait i cannot wait <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so good yeah, like you've got one of the best ever, you know, directors around right now, and he's covering what is essentially a sequel to. Obviously, it's very different, but like a sequel to one of kind of a quasi sequel to one of the best ever horror movies. Um, so yeah, the recipe yeah. is there. Like, I'm sure he'll deliver as well. That's the thing. Like, I have full confidence in this man now. Oh, at this um, point, like, the, you know, like like we say, there, there are a few names out there that we are um 100 on board for whatever they do you know mm. obviously like we've talked about fede and how yeah. we're watching a movie that's a non-horror movie like we're not going to be covering it for the show but like we'll be watching it and like whatever this guy does next i'll be watching you know um because because he's just he's just you know out of this world right now yeah for sure but yeah how, definitely how did, goes... he, how did he make like so much content in this space of time it's outrageous. i don't know he's <laughs> he's an animal like i don't know how he does it i don't know how he pulls off something like this because it is obviously like i say i wish we could go really deep into certain stuff obviously we touched about it but like episode six and all this stuff but he really has he didn't just make a netflix show that's kind of no. the easiest way to describe it is he didn't take the easy path um and just pump out these hours of television he really put thought into it it really did feel like eight parts of a story mm. it didn't just feel like oh well, i guess the runtime's eight episodes so we've got a stretch of the shit out you know it's like each episode has its own purpose um, yeah. and that's something that's really really crazy um but yeah the show's so goddamn good like i'm glad that we've talked about it now finally so people can know that we're not mm. insane and haven't seen this show and we we absolutely love it um but yeah, that, that's, a, I guess, it for TV this week. Uh, I will just briefly say that I watched a movie that's not really worth talking about, but I thought, screw it, let's bring it up. Um, <laughs> because I, I watched Candyman, um, Farewell to the Flesh, the second one. Good luck, man. Yeah. Can you talk, get a paycheck? He, he did. He did get a paycheck. And what's funny is that he's probably awesome. the best thing in the movie. Um <laughs> Because, yeah, it's cool to see Candyman again and you get to see, you know, his origins and stuff. And he's he's great. Like he all jokes aside, obviously, modern day Tony Todd is not anything uh, special, but like he knows that character super fucking well and he portrays it awesomely. Um, it's just that the movie's not good at all. Um, it's super dull. It's super boring. They, they, it, it is just like a, it's almost like a quasi remake of the first movie mm-hmm. um, where you just have this girl running around and she kind of, you know, she has a connection to Candyman, but you're not really sure. It's just is this the one movie. is this the one where she 
is actually like a bloodline. Relative. She is, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I was kind of because like they, they've all well the, the the two sequels kind of just blend into one for me. So like yeah. I have this is this is all of my memories of both the films. So yeah. um, like I kind of want to watch the third one now just because you know it's it's to, that's to be fair. I just read a synopsis of it and it's uh, Candyman is back trying to convince his descendant, an artist, to join him. So, mm. so it's still another descendant. Like, <laughs> well, oh, the, what the third one? The third one. The third. Yeah, that's that, that actually art- a synopsis of the second one, isn't it? Yeah, because I was like, oh, an, an artist as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you didn't watch Day of the Dead, did you? You watched Farewell to Flesh. No, I watched Farewell to Flesh, the one yeah. that's on Netflix. Like... Yeah, I just read you a synopsis of Day of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, at least I can see why they stopped making Candyman movies. Um, because yeah, they there was three of the same thing. Yeah, like literally, the first movie is so good, and and again, this brings it perfectly back to what we said with when we answer that question. Really, where there are so many great horror movies that a hundred percent don't warrant sequels, <laughs> and and especially if you're so devoid of ideas that you just remake the same movie two times. Because yeah, this is just a yeah, like we turned a profit you know let's just yeah. do some... like obviously when you release a movie that's as good and as well renowned as Candyman, it's so you know it's so easy to kind of like tread on that and make it again but yeah they should have just left it because like hey, i, I get back original... to cody's question i want a candy man remake <laughs> it has to start tony todd though <laughs> oh yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. or my or michael b jordan yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that would um... be outrageous could <laughs> 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 you imagine it it would be so good uh, oh it would be amazing uh, uh, but yeah, just... <laughs> no carry carry on no that, that's it i'm just i'm just done with candy man i haven't watched any uh classic arrow movies this week unfortunately oh, um but yeah like i should have said microwave massacre 2 as well for the sequels just for the lols um oh yeah i'd watch that yeah i would watch it there's no way they could put like capture the genius of the original but you know it's difficult. It's difficult making these movies, as we saw with Hellfest this week, uh, which we did discuss. Um, but yeah, that was episode 122. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Through my veins and 